It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 19th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the schedule. What's left ahead for the Orlando Magic here in the final 27 games of the season as the Orlando Magic return to practice on Wednesday with the All-Star break officially over. Also talk a little bit about Mo Bamba's development, something that I know a lot of people are still very interested in and why he's actually making a lot more progress than you think. We'll talk a little bit all about that coming up here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching Revio Delmo Podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Dallas Mavericks, Friday's opponent? Check out Lockdown Mavericks. One national perspective, you can check out Locked On NBA as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show, and Rejecting the Screen. No matter what team you're interested in, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search again wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. On yesterday's show, I hope... Maybe I didn't, but I hope I got across why I believe it's important for the Magic to play their way into the playoffs. It's, it's, it's something that Steve Clifford said and, and something that he was actually pretty proud of about how the Magic made the playoffs last year. And while Orlando has a very similar record this year, just one game ahead of last year's pace, than they did last year at this point, the Magic are in the pole position. They they control their own destiny. So playing their way into the playoffs isn't merely about making the playoffs anymore. Like I said, I believe that the goal for the rest of the season is to finish seventh, to beat Brooklyn, to finish above Brooklyn. That would, A, avoid the Milwaukee Bucks, who are a very, 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 very good basketball team. Um, And, and certainly, I, I, I mean, not that the Magic would have any chance to win any playoff series, but... I would be shocked if the Magic could get a game off the Milwaukee Bucks with the way their roster is currently constructed. So to get away from that matchup, finishing 7th would be, in essence, playing your way into the playoffs. There are the twin goals then here. A, to, again, finish 7th. And B, to make the playoffs with a 500 record. In fact, the Orlando Magic have only made the playoffs once in franchise history, in their 31-year history. This is their 31st year. 
They've only made the playoffs once with a record worse than 500. And that would be in 2007. Dwight Howard's first playoff year when they were 40 in 42. To get to 500 this year, the Orlando Magic would have to finish the season 17 and 10. 17 in 10. That is that is a big ask. Now, granted, the Magic did that last year. They were 22 and 9 over the final 31 games. Obviously, they were on a five-game win streak entering the All-Star break, so they ended up going uh you know, at this point, at from where they were at this point, they they ended up going. Um, I'm trying to, I'm blanking on what the record is. Uh, 17 and nine, or whatever it was. Orlando is a game ahead of last year's pace. So again, 17 and 10 is the record to get to to get to 500 to get to 41 and 41. I'm not even talking about 42 and 40, which they were last year. And I think that holds a lot of symbolic weight. So I, I do think that it is something to strive toward, but. 17 and 10 is a big ask. But the schedule for the Orlando Magic does set up for it. The Orlando Magic, by opponent win percentage, will play the third easiest schedule in the entire NBA next season. The third easiest schedule in the league. They still got a lot of games against teams worse than 500. In fact, the Magic still play 17 games against teams with records worse than 500. And despite some recent setbacks, despite that notable loss to the New York Knicks last week and, and some other difficult defeats, the Orlando Magic are actually really good in those games. Orlando this year is 19-7. and seven in games against teams with records below 500. 19 and 7. Now, they're not 34 and 1 like the Bucks or 31 and 3 like the Raptors. But among the teams that are competing for let's say the 8th spot in the East, they're running laps around everyone. And in fact, even against teams above 500, the Magic's 5 and 24 record, which is not good, is at least comparable by win total. Brooklyn's only got 7 7 wins against teams with records above 500. The Wizards have six, so they've done a little bit better, but they're 14 and 16 against teams below 500, which is why the Wizards are where they're at. The Bulls and Hornets have a combined five wins against teams with records above 500. So the balance of this season isn't going to be determined by beating the teams you should, you know, making the playoffs isn't going to be determined. I should say this. the play, Making the playoffs isn't going to be determined by beating the playoff teams. Now, certainly the Magic need to get wins against quality opponents. It's going to be determined by whether the Magic can take care of their own business. And that's something that they've largely been able to do. So again, 17 of the Magic's final 27 games are against teams with records below 500. That's not unimportant. If the Magic win at that clip, they will get 12 wins. So again, if they sweep all 17, obviously that means they get to 500. But at the win percentage they currently have, the Magic would average about 12 of those 17 wins. They go 12 and 5 in those 17 games. So obviously, if the Magic are going to make the get to 500, go the 17 and 10 they have to do to get to 500, to get to 41 and 41, 
They're going to have to beat some quality opponents along the way. Working two in the Magic's favor as far as the rest of the season goes, Orlando does not go on any prolonged road trips the rest of the season. In fact, the longest road trip the Magic have the rest of the year is a four-game trip in early March at Miami, at Minnesota, at Houston, at Memphis. Three of those four teams above 500, obviously. But after that, you know, they got a trip up to the up to the Northeast. They still have not been to, they've been to New York, but they haven't been to Brooklyn yet. They've still got some small trips, but nothing major and no West Coast trips. In fact, Orlando will play only four games on the road against Western Conference opponents the rest of the way. And three of them are on that road trip I just mentioned. At Minnesota, at Houston, at Memphis. Their final road game against a Western Conference opponent. That's actually their final, those are actually their final three games. They'll play at San Antonio on Saturday, on next Saturday, the 29th. And then at Minnesota on the on March 6th, at Houston March 8th, at Memphis March 10th, and they are done traveling to, against Western Conference opponents. In fact, the Magic's final game against Western Conference opponent comes March 29th against the New Orleans Pelicans, which that game certainly looks a lot tougher than it might otherwise. And then, of course, they play March 21st against the Sacramento Kings. Again, these all feel like very winnable games. Now, obviously, there are definitely some different elements involved in them, so I, I, no one's counting them as wins. But the schedule certainly sets up for the Magic to pick up wins, pick up some wins for the Magic to gain a little bit of confidence, to control their own de- playoff destiny, number one, but also to play their way in. The schedule is very nice like that. And of course, the big one, the Magic trailing the Brooklyn Nets by two games for the seventh seed, Orlando and Brooklyn play each other three more times the rest of the season. The the schedule makers could not have been any kinder to the Orlando Magic in this respect. February 24th, the Magic traveled to Brooklyn to take on the Nets, so a big game on Monday right out of the gate. Then they will play at Brooklyn again on March 23rd, and they will close the season series out March 27th. So that late March series, it goes... At Brooklyn versus Indiana versus Brooklyn. And it's actually versus Indiana versus Brooklyn versus New Orleans versus Charlotte is a part of a four-game homestand. That, that, that four-game homestand smells very much like the five-game homestand that the Magic used last year to cement their playoff positioning. It's their last big homestand. In fact, after those four home games, the Magic will have only two home games, one of them being the final game of the season against a potential playoff opponent in the Toronto Raptors. So again, to say the least, The Magic have their work cut out for them. No no doubt about it. I'm not counting anything as wins. But the schedule sets up for them to make a playoff push. It sets up for them to play their way in. These first 10 games, however, after the All-Star break are going to determine a lot of things. In fact, these first 10 games are probably as tough as any 10 games the Magic will play the rest of the way for sure. It's, you know, only again, only twenty-seven games left. But these next ten games are going to be determining whether the Magic can actually get to the seventh seed, or will be fighting and holding off the Washington Wizards and Chicago Bulls beneath them. Now, it should be noted, both the Wizards and Bulls still have West Coast road trips to come, so very their their schedules not nearly as manageable as what as what the Magic schedule seems to be. But these next ten games versus Dallas a playoff team. At Brooklyn, a playoff team. At Atlanta, a team that's beaten Orlando twice. 
versus Minnesota, a, a potent offensive team, which I, I, I think you always have to be cautious with Orlando because their offense is not potent, but a struggling team nonetheless. At San Antonio, a team that's on the fringes of the Western Conference playoff race versus Portland, which Damian Lillard is in God mode and seems to torch the magic and certainly he'll be motivated by the trash talker from the last time. At Miami, at Minnesota, at Houston, at Memphis. Those are your next 10 games. Outside of Atlanta and Minnesota, which I've, I've qualified might be more difficult, those are games against teams that are that should be equal to you, or certainly equal to you by record, or ahead of you in the standings. If Orlando is going to play their way into the seventh seat, they're going to have to take care of business in the next ten games. And if they do that, if they you know build some momentum, if they go seven and three, six and four in the next ten games, then the schedule lightens up. Chicago, Charlotte, Detroit, Cleveland, Sacramento—they'll go. They'll go four straight games without seeing a playoff opponent. And then that dovetails quickly into that final homestand, which the Magic will have to go 3-1 and one on. I, 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 that homestand, Indiana, Brooklyn, New Orleans, Charlotte, got to go 3-1. and one. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be convinced of that at this point. So again, opportunity is there. The Magic should be competitive in all in most of these games. Now, Houston's a really good team. Probably the best team the Magic played the rest of the way. No more Milwaukee's. None of that. No more Lakers. No more Clippers, obviously. Houston, that Houston game is probably the best team the Magic played the rest of their, of their season. But obviously, Orlando has to take care of their own business. Orlando is not a team that can count on any game to be a win. And that's been very clear despite their record against teams with records worse than 500. None of these games are guaranteed. And while it is certainly almost a certainty that Orlando makes the playoffs, it is not a given. Nor would you want it to be a given. The Magic still have their work cut out for them. Even with what feels like a very favorable schedule. The Orlando Magic dive back into practice on Wednesday after the All-Star break, and we go full sprint to the finish here, starting Friday against the Dallas Mavericks. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day One of the big questions, though, that I, I still get, and this is moving off the schedule now, one of the big questions I still get about the Orlando Magic uh, is a fascination with, with Mo Bamba. For, for many 
you see sixth overall pick, you see, again, it's a draft, you see guys pick below him making bigger impacts more immediately, and it's it's easy to start throwing the B word around. Bust. There's one thing we know about this Magic team is they are not going to panic. They are not going to do anything crazy with young players. They're going to build them up slowly, put them in positions, try and put them in positions to succeed, not give them anything more than they can handle, and foster their growth within a winning environment. That is, that is an absolute key to the project the Magic have in mind. So again, no thought that... No, I, I, honestly, I, I think it's silly that some people thought the Magic might trade Mo Bamba, you know, unless it's part of a deal that really brings in a good, good, good piece. Orlando still believes in Mo Bamba, and while his counting stats this year are not encouraging, five and a half points per game is down from last year. He's shooting fifty-three uh, percent effective field goal percentage, which is better than last year. Thirty-three point seven percent from beyond the arc, which is okay. Forty-six point eight percent from the floor overall, which is not okay. Same numbers, five rebounds per game, 1.4 blocks per game. It's all feels very similar to last year. Playing fewer minutes, actually, at 14.9 minutes per game for the whole season. It it has definitely been a, a little bit of a struggle for Mo. And it doesn't help that he's playing behind the best player on the team. Nikola Vucevic is going to get his minutes, and it's going to be hard for Mo Bamba to crack a bigger part of the rotation. Asking him to play 20 minutes is not going to happen on a team that's trying to win. And Mo still has his weaknesses. You know, still needs to add strength. I'm sure he knows this. I'm sure the Magic know this. Gets moved around a lot in the post. His rebounding is better, but still physicality is a big part of playing center and big men just take a little longer. Especially when their bodies haven't quite filled out. But when you look deeper into the numbers, and honestly, when you watch him play, it is abundantly clear that this young player, this this rookie, is picking things up and is playing a lot better. In his last six games, Mo is scoring only five and a half points per game. Not a ton. But he's shooting 58.3% from the floor, 42.9% from beyond the arc, grabbing four rebounds per game and 1.8 blocks per game, all in about 12 minutes of action, playing just about a quarter. Now, we'd all like to see Mo's minutes bump up, but it's not merely for development that we want to see Mo's minutes bump up. It's because he's actually playing pretty well. I've been saying for a long time that the signs are really subtle that Mo is making some marked improvement, that he is playing a lot better. And it's more about, to me, positioning. Where is he on the floor? How is he contesting and challenging shots? Is he in the right spots defensively? And for sure, Mo still makes a lot of mistakes, as you would expect from a young player. There's still moments where he doesn't quite look like he, especially on offense even, he doesn't quite know where he's supposed to be. And, and you can kind of sometimes see players trying to drag him to where he needs to be or trying to get his attention to, to, to go where the Magic need him to be. But the Magic ultimately drafted Mo Bama for his defensive potential and what he could do on the defensive end, changing shots and being just a menace in the paint. 
And this is where you really start to see Mo's development. In his last 10 games, Mo Bamba's posting 16.3 points per 36 minutes, 9.5 rebounds per 36 minutes, and what is truly astounding, 4.6 blocks per 36 minutes. For the entire season, according to Second Spectrum and NBA.com's player tracking stats, opponents are shooting 50% at the rim against Mo Bamba. That is really good. Nikola Vucevic is around 58, 59. Sometimes in the, he's been in the 60s in his career. Jonathan Isaac's right around 50%. Little a bit, little bit over 50%. Uh, again, not a big, so maybe not the same comparison. Certainly not the same attempts. But, again, we'll put it this way. According to those same numbers, opponents are shooting 51.4% against Isaac at the rim on the same number of attempts. The team as a whole, even with playing with bench players, has a 101.4 defensive rating with Bamba on the floor. That is the best mark of any regular rotation player for the year. Even in the last 10 games, as the Magic's defense has struggled, they have a 110.9 defensive rating with Bamba on the floor in the last 10 games, which is not a good number. That is steered nearly three, point, three points per 100 possessions better than the team's average in that time. To me, it suggests that the defensive problems are not on Bamba, but maybe they are. Again, it all points to the fact that when Bamba's on the floor, the Magic's defense is better. So there's a correlation there at the very least. Maybe not causation, but certainly correlation. And you add in the higher block numbers and the better rim protection. And all of a sudden, you're seeing some tangible proof of Bamba's development. And now that his shot is starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, he is starting to be a lot more productive on the offensive end. As I've said, the signs with Bamba have been subtle all year. But now it's starting to really look like Bamba is making an impact. And as with all young players, when they start to make a little bit of an impact, when they start to show some consistency, which Bamba has for the last 10 or 12 games, you start asking, how can you get more? The fact that Bamba's played only 12 minutes per game in his last six outings is frustrating to say the least. Nikola Vucevic can still get 32 minutes per game. And you could play Bamba 16 or 17 minutes per game. And that's really very much in the same vein that the Magic are at with Markel Fultz, trying to trust him more and give him more responsibility within the offense. That's where we're at with Mo Bamba. Bamba has earned more playing time. That's honestly the biggest compliment you can give to a young player, where their impact is so clear that the Magic should play him more. In fact, I believe it was against the LA Clippers at home and still a relatively close game. The Magic stuck with Bamba deeper into the fourth quarter than they had really at any point in his career. Maybe since the Cleveland game, the game at Cleveland earlier in the year when Bamba had a really big game or perhaps even his rookie game, his first game of his career, which was probably his best overall game of his, of his career. That was really the first time Bamba stayed on the floor for a long time and it showed a lot of trust. And again, I would say in that game, Bamba acquitted himself well. 
Part of Bamba's problem, certainly offensively and maybe even defensively a bit, has been he just simply has not played with the other Magic, with the Magic's other core players. In this respect, Bamba is being held back. And the Magic need to let go of these reins a little bit, at least for experimental purposes, which again, maybe this part of the season is not the time to experiment. So maybe that time has passed and the Magic will have to wait till next season to see how this all works. But Bamba's most frequently played with Terrence Ross, D.J. Ox, and Michael Carter-Williams. This season, he has played only 323 total minutes with Aaron Gordon. They have a plus 1.4 net rating and a 103 defensive rating when they are on the floor together. And in an incredibly small sample size, Markel Fultz and Mo Bamba have played only 84 minutes together. In fact, Mo Bamba's played more minutes this season with Gary Clark than he has Markel Fultz. I personally have long suggested, and perhaps this is something to explore when DJ Augustine returns, which is possible to happen after the All-Star break. We should, we'll get an update on that probably uh, probably Wednesday after practice. The one adjustment that I would have made to the rotation is to bring DJ Augustine in early because DJ players really well with Nikola Vucevic. They just have great chemistry together, and I think breaking that up has hurt Vucevic in some ways. And let Markel Fultz kind of run free with that bench unit. If we're looking to give Markel Fultz more responsibility on the ball, that's how I would do it. Let him run with Mo Bamba and you know, maybe not Michael Carter-Williams, but I'm not totally against the idea. I think, I think statistically it's worked. Let him run with Mo Bamba. Let him run with Terrence Ross. Let him run with Aaron Gordon in those second unit lineups. Everyone wants to play with Marco Fultz, obviously. He helps a lot, but I think he would help Mo a lot as much as anyone, especially because Mo can step out and shoot the ball effectively, as well as crash the rim on occasion. This is, again, all to say that despite meager statistics, Mo Bamba is making progress. It is clear from the numbers, and it is clear watching him on the floor. And the hope is, as this season comes to a close, the final 27 games here, that Mo continues to show not only the consistency that he has brought over the last 10, 15 games, but continues to get better heading into an important offseason for him. An offseason where he is hopefully healthy for the entirety of it. An offseason where he can hopefully put on some muscle. More muscle. He's put on plenty of muscle, but more muscle to really challenge for this team's future. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans like you. But you may not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Magic fans. 
Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Magic fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll say hi. I'm, I'm waving. You can't see me because this is a podcast. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_md. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and other fun places along podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can again follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for us today. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. I'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.